There he is. <laughs> there he is. Guys, nice. I, I didn't completely forget, honest. <laughs> <laughs> we don't believe you at all. <laughs> no, no. We won't we won't judge you, but we don't believe you. No. <laughs> I need more than like a five minutes, guys. <laughs> I almost forgot, like had I not got the reminder on my phone, I wouldn't be here right now. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard them say, like, it's happened, and I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to episode 9 of the Megacast where I team up with my good pals Matt and Wes over in the States. So today we're going to be talking to you a little bit about religion and faith which is the topic we were going to discuss in the last episode but we didn't quite get round to it. It's been a long time since we'd podcasted together so we ended up having a little bit of a chat and it was nice to sit down and kind of have a topic set in place. And uh, at the end of this episode, we do come up with the kind of topic for for the following episode as well. But if you've got any conversational topics around mental health um, that you think would be interesting for us to discuss, please do get in contact with any of us. Um, our links are in the uh, podcast description, uh, and let us know what you'd what you'd be interested in hearing us talk about. Because well, we struggle to come up with ideas sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we've got great ideas but it takes us a little while to get there um a little bit like the time like yeah we struggle with the time and organizing each other um to sit down but we got there in the end we sat down we recorded our religion and faith around mental health episode and it was really really cool just to sit down with a couple of guys uh and again talk about the stuff that we just usually don't talk about and in this episode you will hear that actually we do have slightly different opinions um, on what we be- on what we believe, but also kind of the way we interpret our own faith and our own beliefs uh, and how we practice them and how we relate those to mental health as well. So big thank you to you guys for downloading and listening to this episode. 
Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And please remember, if you're interested in getting in contact or coming onto the podcast in future, um, you can always come and find me and have a chat uh, at Mike underscore Douglas underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, And all of my stuff is on the website, which is mikesopenjournal.com. But for now, I'm going to put you straight in to our conversation. So thank you very much for listening. And please remember, you're not alone out there. There was a little bit of stumbling over some of those words, so I'm not going to take them out because... Ah, editing. Not my thing. (laughs) Enjoy the episode. Well, I'll just kind of try and shape the conversation and then you guys, I'm going to shut up and let you run with it and then I'll just chime in. Um, When when last we spoke, Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about three different points of view when it comes to how we look at religion slash spirituality slash God Um, as it relates to um, mental health and mental health recovery. And if I'm not mistaken, Mike, uh, well, not let me preface this by saying not only our experiences, but experiences that we've heard of. Mm. And does, does the religious community understand mental health? And if I remember correctly, when we got to talking about it, Mike was actually the one that could have. Um, I was sub- the pro person, wasn't I? Which was you quite- were the pro- yes, you. Oh were. man, it was quite a surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually think is really cool. I, I just I don't know why, but I, I when you said that, I was like, wait, am I going to be the only one that has a positive word to say here? Yeah. Oh my god, I think something positive about religion and stuff. Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know I think um yeah I think we started to get into it last time I think there's definitely that side of um like you say it's it's thinking about how we word some of this as well to some extent I think in my mind traditional religion um I think usually looks quite negatively at mental health illnesses and those um people that follow traditional values um, set out in religion probably do look at mental health in a more negative way um, but as we started to talk about our own kind of experiences with religion with churches with um, faith um, I yeah I've definitely heard and totally understand the point of view that actually some people really have that sense of community within their their faith and their following um, and the support that they get from that um is absolutely amazing and it's something that potentially people that don't have a a faith or religion religion are able to have but also the that side of um i don't know i guess being flexible to some extent with teachings of their religion or their faith in that um okay because the quran or the bible or whatever says this actually that's kind of an example you need to look behind that to understand the meaning and the meaning is kind of love and friendship and acceptance and tolerance and respect and those kind of key messages and actually when you're looking at friendship and support and respect and understanding people's different experiences and um, that side I think that's where there's a real support um, real camaraderie and real value in faith and religion I think it's that traditional side from my point of view um, that has a negative view and leads to potentially negative situations. Wow. I think that's so well said. That's yeah. yeah. I can't expand on that anymore. 
I was going to say, okay, well, let's, let's wrap, wrap it up, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, guys, it was great talking to you. Thanks, yeah, Mike. Exactly. You know, not only does he, not only does he have this really awesome point, and he articulates it well, but it's that damn accent that just makes him sound smart. I he just sounds want... so much smarter than like the two of us combined. Exactly, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Mike, I just trust you so much. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I'm telling you, it's something. It's it's something with like podcasters in the UK. It's that accent. Oh my god. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then you hear us, and you're like, oh, what a letdown. No, <laughs> it's. I still, I still stick by the thing that we said right at the beginning. Is that it's whatever's different. So I think my <laughs> my accent sounds cool to you, but it doesn't sound cool to me. And you guys sound cool to me because your accent is different to what I'm used to hearing. So people that are listen to me that live in the UK or in the south of the UK don't think nothing of the way I speak but we'll really key into um like you guys when I have guests from overseas or from different areas the people key into something different I think that's that's why it stands out I don't know there's nothing special about my voice well we think you're special oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly to you you're like yeah I'm just at home yeah. you know everybody sounds like this yeah Oh, no, I just I really think that that was so well said, because my I, I guess from my point of view and I want I want Matt to chime in here, too. But just just uh, piggybacking off what Mike said, I really, truly believe I learned early on that uh, ritual is nothing compared to relationship. And that's not, you know, from my faith standpoint, it's not just relationship with God, but it's relationship with other people. And Mike, you pretty much just explained it exactly the way it was taught to me. If you're going to do this and be serious about it as as part of your faith journey, mm. and you could have used what you just said as, as an example of it, you know, um, we've got to set aside the... Um, the rigid black and white um, thinking sometimes in order to be able to connect with people on a personal level, because everybody's got stuff mm. and it's the people that are acting like they don't have stuff and they don't have baggage that are the most untrustworthy to me in the church in, in, at work in my other relationships it, it's it's not that big of a deal where you sit there and go boy this guy's full of crap but you run into that in churches as well and when you run into those things i try to steer clear of them because it's not about an authentic relationship with other people um and i i'm just uh, i listened to a past <clears throat> excuse me i listened to a message in the I want to say in the winter or the spring, probably the spring of this of this past year and um, or this year, and uh, it was a pastor who had experienced. I mean, he was like full tilt boogie, just just in ministry doing stuff all the time. Just you know, hey, you know, he's got up fifty irons in the fire, and he started getting more and more depressed and couldn't figure out why. And then he started experiencing full blown panic attacks. And he had never experienced anything like that before, and it and it freaked him out. And he finally kind of had to shut down a little bit and go, wait a minute, what's going on here? And so he did an entire message on uh, on mental health being no different than physical health, some of the same things that you guys would talk about. 
And um, at the end of it, I, I went up to him and I said, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. I knew his brother. So we kind of chit chatted about that. And I said to him just in the course of the conversation, I said, I do not have the capacity anymore to be superficial. I just don't. And he says, can I take that? Because I'm going to I'm going to use that. He says he goes superficiality has out his word has he goes, it just doesn't have any place in my life anymore. I want everything I do to be. Not, not always serious. It's not like it can't be lighthearted, but I want there to be meaning to mm. what I do. And it so reminded me of you guys and other people in the community, the electronic community that we know, where it's like, look, you can tell me about your your deeper stuff that you think is quote unquote weird or odd or whatever, because you're going to find uh, it's not. You're going to find that everybody has issues. It's just, do we talk about them or do we try to suppress them in one form or fashion? And it was really refreshing to me. It really was. There's so many areas that, that, I, that I could go on this. I mean, I was born and raised in a church. I was there every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays. If the lights were on, we were there. My dad was um, on the board and my mom was in the choir and I was in like Wednesday night youth group type things. And so I was all over the place. So I grew up getting inundated with the church to the point where, and of course, then I also went to a private school, which was also of the, um, religious variety, we'll say. Mm. And so I had it to the point where, um, I got so overexposed and flooded with it that I kind of shut down. And by, by the time I graduated, I was like, I have got to stop because I didn't know what I believed. I didn't know if it was true or not. All I knew was that this is what was taught to me. And this is just what I believed verbatim. And that's the way it was. And I had to go through a time of figuring out for my own, is this really what I believe? Is it, do I believe it's true? Do I believe God loves me? All the things that no matter what your higher power is that you put that, you know, so many of us struggle with. And so I went for a long time going to churches where they did some of the things where people were not authentic and they were not receiving and they were very judgmental and very, very black and white thinking um, in the areas of, you know, it's either this way or the highway. Um, they were not very open to those who had struggles, those who looked different, those who acted different, those who talked different, those who had struggles and past lifestyles who, you know, if you weren't all in 100%, then you weren't really fully accepted. Like that's the experience that I got. Um, mm. You know, that's the feeling that I got. And that that turned me off to the church for years. And I'm like, you know what? If this is the way the church really is, then I don't want any parts of it. And mm. so I stopped going for quite a long time. And, um, you know, <clears throat> I over time, I eventually kind of got myself back there and I found a church that was much more receptive and open and welcoming to people of all types from all backgrounds you know it doesn't matter whether you you know uh you know had two had 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 uh, piercings and tattoos and you you know were you know uh struggling with addiction or whether you showed up in your sunday best you know every sunday or whatever the case was like they were much more accepting of who you were and just wanted you and to show up and to be there and to enjoy the experience for what it was and not be, not what they made it out to be. So I found that to be quite refreshing. That kind of renewed my faith and faith, for lack of a better term, a little bit. Um, but I think one of the big things, and I don't know why I should have shared all that, so take it for what it's worth. But I think one of the things that, that you guys mentioned a little bit and Wes touched on it a bit is this whole um, idea of being authentic and being true and open to people and what they're all about. And this is where maybe I, I want you guys to chime in too, is 
do you struggle with um, you know, the areas of religion where somebody wants to quote unquote put a Jesus band-aid on everything to where, you know, it doesn't matter what you struggle with, it'll be okay. He will take care of you. This struggle is not something that, you know, you can't overcome. And and, and then they just kind of let you to your own devices. Mm. It's like, you know, they're like, well, pray about it. And I'm like, well, okay, I need a little more than that. I mean, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest areas I struggle with on my own is, yeah, I get it. Whatever um, religion you are affiliated with, whatever book you are affiliated with, you know, the Bible, the Quran, whatever it is, there, there is information in there that can help you through struggles and tough times. And what does God or your higher power say about this situation or that situation. And so many people just want to say, well, go read and pray about it. And I'm like, well, I would like a little more insight, some advice, a different point of view. Like, let me bounce some ideas. Don't just like say, okay, go pray and then let me alone. And I think that's where so many of us in the areas of mental health struggle is they're like, okay, well, you know, you're struggling with addiction or you're struggling with, you know, um, uh, you know, anxiety or you're struggling with depression. Okay, well, go find a verse. Well, that doesn't really help me. Mm. You know, like it just doesn't. You know, I mean, first of all, I can go look up a hundred verses. I don't know what applies to me and what doesn't necessarily. I don't always, I'm not always able to take something and say, okay, this is really what, you know, I'm meant to read today or, you know, did I just happen across it? And, you know, just all this kind of stuff of just this, this go read and pray about it really bothers me. It just does. I think mm. for me, there's, there's a couple of things in there. I'm going to do that thing where I feel like I kind of answer the question, but also don't answer it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of, yeah, I, I've heard people say that. I've never really had someone say that to me, um, but I've heard people sort of say, Jesus or God will watch over and sort this problem out. Um, If if they're talking about themselves, I'm more than happy to have that be part of our conversation because that's their faith, that's how they believe, that's how they apply it to their life. That's completely okay. Um, It's if they want to then apply that to your life, I'm not... I'm not receptive to that because that's kind of implanting their faith upon me and I'm like, well, that's not really my thing. Um, And like I said, I haven't had that. I have had a situation where I've been sat down with, um, this a few years ago now, someone that was very, it it wasn't a religion-based conversation, but they were very sort of, it'll be okay, it'll sort itself out, that's not a problem. And um, I just found that very dismissive and very sort of like they didn't understand the problem or were uneasy with that um and there's plenty of reasons um for that it might have been that the conversation itself was triggering in some way for them um but for me I just I needed them to say like I'm not comfortable to talk about this for whatever reason or not even to give a reason just to say I'm I'm not 100% comfortable I'm really sorry I know you need a bit of support in this area, but I just at the moment I'm not able to offer that. Um, but instead, I got yeah, I found it very sort of dismissive, which I think is kind of what you're touching on with the Jesus will sort it all outside. And to me, it's it's that understanding of if you've got that shared faith, then maybe that maybe that is okay. Maybe that gives that person a bit of comfort. But there needs to be that understanding that if I don't believe the same thing or in the same way as you that's not going to offer me much support. It's not really signposting me to anything. Um, mm. And, yeah, I, I mean, quotes and verses are all well and good, but I think you could probably use the same one and apply it to about 100 different situations. They're, 
useful right. for what you want them to be useful for. Um, it's like statistics to me. Like a stat is great for a headline and it draws people's attention. Awesome. But what's the feedback behind that? I love the, um, yeah, definitely a long way from the point now. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to carry <laughs> on. <laughs> you know, like, do you have the the hair commercials for like, um, um, like hair shampoo and conditioner and stuff? And it's like, oh, 97% of people agree with this. And then in the corner, you see like, it's out of 120 people or something. I think this is a national campaign by a huge, huge brand. Why are only 120 people in your survey? It's because we want that big stat. We want that 97%. And I think it's, I see sort of quotes and verses as the same thing. It's like, here's something that originally meant one thing, and we're now going to apply it to other stuff. And sometimes it's useful. It gives you a positive uplift. But at the same time, so often it's just applied out of context and um, one line or one verse. Um, I don't really know what a verse is. Um, <laughs> it doesn't... See, give... there's, the, there's the authenticity we're talking yeah. about right there. Um, I've made it it's sound okay. like I know, okay, though, haven't I? It's safe with us. It doesn't, um, it doesn't give you the meaning behind those stories and the... They asked, well, in my mind, their stories, because, for example, I only really know about the Bible, um, and that's used as sort of God's word or Jesus. Uh, it's not written by God. It's not written by Jesus. It's written by average people that were there, that experienced that, that um, I, I imagine were all white men, um, have decided what their view of what happened and why things happened, and the connotation that they want to have. So even if you just looked at the messages, it's still a very narrow story. Um, and I think you have to acknowledge that. And then you go, what's your rational mind? Now, the people that I love are the people that go, yeah, there's key messages, but I, I just believe, and that I am so envious of. I'm so envious of that, that total... I don't feel the need to go through and this means this, this means this, this explains this, this is what happened there. No, I believe and that's it. And oh, I'm so envious of that and I can totally understand that if you were really struggling with your own um, mental health or your own identity, the kind of support that would offer you, knowing that someone is there that is much greater than us and that they are there for you. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that's where I struggled with Mike. And of course, you know, I mean, I went west is obviously a bit input on this too, but I grew up in that household where it was, this is what it says. This is literal. This is mm. what I take it as. Mm. And I believe it. And that's it. And that's what I was raised with. But when I got older, I started to question some things and I wondered, do I really agree with that? And yeah. and I struggled with that for a long time. And in some ways, I think I still do mm. um, in some areas. Now, I mean, I do find comfort in in that um, now, but I also understand that, you know, the way that this applies to me now, I think is a bit different than the way it used to apply to me. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's a weird dynamic to try and figure out, especially in the areas of mental health is, mm. you know, I can take this verse and I can say, okay, this verse makes me feel good or, you know, I feel better after having read this. And you know, if I don't question it and take it literally, you know, just like Mike said, it's very comforting. Yeah. But then part of me is like, 
I don't really know. Should this really apply to me? Am I reading it right? Am I taking it out of context? And then I'm kind of second guessing myself. There's a little bit in there. I'm going to jump in before we yes, get his voice. Um, is, uh, so I went along to a friend's wedding, I think about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And um, I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm not involved in the wedding, but I'm there for the whole day. I am a, a school friend of the the chap that's getting married, and um, I'm stood there next to another friend from school. So we've known this guy for I don't know 25 years, um, and we're both good friends. And he knows that um, he knows I'm divorced, and he knows that my friend or our friend that stood next to me is gay, and yet in their um, vicar or or priest or i don't really know the what he was in the church dude the church dude's script <laughs> church dude i love it so okay. oh, i'm like sorry that. go ahead <laughs> in the church dude script he reads out this passage and as part of the passage it talks about how essentially um getting divorced is a sin and how being um like man and woman in a relationship is how you're meant to be and it just felt so uh, offensive essentially to to the two of us that were there and he knew our situations um, and we spoke about it afterwards and we were both actually quite sort of upset and a bit miffed off about it but we accepted actually the two of them that are getting married um, that they do have quite a strong sense of arguably quite traditional faith um, and that we kind of accept that and we said you know like we're not here for um like a group gathering we are here for for their wedding and their celebration and maybe what was said was a slight kind of um maybe what they felt had been pulled a little bit more towards the church than they would have necessarily wanted but at the same time it's it's what they want and it's part of their faith and it's being able to understand that and not go whoa that's that's totally wrong and it's not right that's their view on faith and their view on, on their interpretation. That is definitely not ours. Um, and yes, we. I think I'm fair in saying both of us are, are a lot less religious than they are. Um, but we still both have a belief. Um, and I think it's, it's that side of kind of having respect and understanding and recognising that, yes, yeah, some people are. I don't know, more flexible with that. And it's interesting, Matt, when you're sort of saying about over time, maybe your faith has changed or maybe what you perceive as um, your experience with God or whoever you choose to believe in might be different. And that's OK. And it's it's nice that I think people can experience that rather than go, this is what I was told 50 years ago based on what was told 100 or 200 years ago. Actually, it is a flexible situation. Or I think it is. <laughs> Wes, you'll oh, go. I, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, Wes, please, by all means. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack in in everything that both you guys are saying, and it's funny because I I'm hanging on every word like I normally do when you guys are talking because I don't have a ton of people that I can talk to about mental health as a daily issue you know for wherever we're at on on our mental health or spiritual journey really but um you can always you know you swing a dead cat you can talk to somebody about religion but um 
I don't have a ton of guys. I, I know a couple here locally, and I'm blessed for that. But I don't have a ton of guys that we we have conversations about mental health as though it's like tying your shoes, you know, because it's just most people don't think about it. And and us three, along with a, a lot of other people out there, and we hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> we deal with the two words mental health in one aspect or another every single day of our lives. And so I I just enjoy interacting with you guys and listening to you guys, which is not really answering any of the questions. But um, I like that style. That's a good style. Yeah. Good answer, Wes. Good <laughs> yeah, answer. I don't, I don't really answer questions. No. Um, first off, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is how, um, how I would never want to take my beliefs or what I was taught or whatever and, and ram it down anyone's throat for the simple fact that I haven't always been this guy. I I ran from anything to do with church or religion or the Bible for um, my first 35 years. You know, I just I wanted nothing to do with it. I was curious here and there, but I wasn't I, you know, no, just wasn't for me kind of a thing. And yet when other people would not be respectful, as as Mike eloquently said, not be respectful of a uh, a person's faith, I would get really pissed off about that. You know, it's like, hey, look, this is what this guy believes. Just, you know, let it let it slide. And then I started realizing maybe over the course of time, it was that, again, kind of like Mike said, it's like I kind of envy some of the things that they have. And I was lucky, I believe, in the fact that um, my first church, my first pastor, um, he wore, you know, cargo shorts and played a guitar. And, you know, on Easter, we started off with uh, U2 songs or Journey. <laughs> you know? That sounds um, like a church dude. And the associate pastor always, you know, I mean, we, he'd be out there. I mean, he had hair down to, well, it was about like, Mike's. It was just back in the days before they came up with the man bun, so he didn't have one of those. But ah, <laughs> uh, I know, right? But um, I I always remember one of the key things that I keep really close to me is um, you know, the, the biblical example is is Jesus not getting bent out of shape and pissed off at anyone throughout the entire three year mission, with the exception of religious people. He got really bent out of shape at religious people. And um, so so the way I heard it put to me is the pastor used to stand there and he'd hold a closed fist. And he'd say, there are a lot of people in this world that believe in the Bible, that believe in Jesus, believe in God. And they have these truths that they hold on to based on their interpretation of what they think God was saying. And they will die by those. And he says, what I say is 99 times out of 100, you need to keep that fist open and say, I may not know everything. (laughs) Because he's saying, you know, people are are looking to their higher power and yet saying, oh, no, that's not what he meant. Well, if he's a higher power, how do you know what he meant? Mm. (laughs) Um, So I I feel like... uh, Organized religion, quote unquote, a man's version of organized religion has done more to um, to uh, misrepresent God than all the atheists in the world, you know. And um, so I always get a little nervous about it. it's like, you know, I don't like 
throwing what I think. I would never shove it off on somebody, no matter how much I think they're missing out on or whatever. I would never shove it down anyone's throat because I sure as hell didn't want anyone doing that to me, mm. you know. And nothing drives a person away faster than sitting there and saying, okay, here's what you need to learn, blah, 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 you know, and just learn those and shut up and go away, you know. And and then they walk home with patting themselves on the back going, I just created a new believer. You know, it's like, no, you, you didn't. <laughs> do, you, do you think, because it's kind of made me think, and I think Matt mentioned something earlier about education and it, what you've just said then as well kind of makes me think about, so I think... Um, a lot of the time in in schools and in education you're you're taught to pass tests so you're you're taught facts arguably you're taught the fact to pass the test you're not taught for knowledge for your life do you think like is religion kind of similar to that in that you are you're taught to keep you to this strict religion or this particular faith you're not taught faith culture religion in terms of here are all the different kinds of interpretations of what is said like here are the kind of the meanings that they share um mm. like what do what what do you think is it a lot more like this is what i think don't you think what i think's right yeah do you think that too yeah great come along like i yeah i don't know if it's it's kind of stuck in my head a little bit now that yeah it's a similar side of it's not giving you the opportunity always to make your own decision, make your own informed, like, what is it that I believe? What is it that I value? What do I... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I, to go back uh, a couple of beats yeah. to, to question there, I think it can be. I think it very easily can be, I'm going to learn this in order to, and I think that's well said too, pass a test. 99% of this knowledge I'm never going to use again, but I do need to pass this test. And um, I kind of look at it from the opposite standpoint. I think for, for most people, uh, again, the Bible says faith of a mustard seed. Okay, so something that small can get you through some of the worst times in your life, according to what the Bible says. So I don't think that a theoretic, a theoretical, theological expert has any inside track that I don't have. Hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe that's just, maybe I'm just insecure because I'm not very smart. Um, but, I mean, you can have all the biblical knowledge in the world, but if you don't have uh, what you guys already have, which is a heart for people, which is, uh, yeah. I don't like seeing people suffer the way I've suffered, um, you can have all the knowledge in the world. If you don't have those attributes, you're barking up the wrong tree, in my opinion. I think... It has to begin, for me anyway, it had to begin with something inside of me needing to either get out or I, I asked too many questions and never got enough answers. Um, it has to be something on a deeply personal level. And then from there, I backtrack and start learning what all these things are. It's kind of like watching the last season of a really cool show and going, that was awesome but I have absolutely no idea how any of these characters got here. So I got to go back to season one mm. and start watching it from the beginning. That's kind of a, a poor analogy, but that's kind of how I see it. It's like, I want all the background filled in because something in my life changed. Um, and, and I, I got a, I got a grasp or I got a hold of what, what Mike was talking about, about 
um, you know, take all the knowledge out of the way. I just wish I had that kind of faith. It mm. starts there. I mean, it has to start there. Because if not, it's like uh, there's plenty of people out there that go, you know what? I was raised in the church and my dad was a pastor and my granddad was a pastor. Therefore, I need to be a pastor. Well, that's no different than being a doctor or a lawyer or mm. or whatever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I believe there's a lot of well-educated people out there that don't understand faith from a faith standpoint uh, at all. Um, and I also think there's plenty of people out there that think they know a lot more about it than they do. And again, they can stand up and preach a sermon, but can they sit down next to me and be there for me when I'm going through one of the toughest places in my life, because there are plenty of agnostic and atheist friends out there that would be willing to sit down with me and say, I'm here to listen to whatever it is that you're going through. Um, and, and it's just because they have a heart for that kind of thing. So I think, um, I think it can be, I think it can go down the wrong path. I think it's just like anything else, um, that, that man, I always say, if God gives me something perfect as an imperfect human being, I'll find a way to F it up. Mm. I will. I mean, it's just, it, it, it is. And and when I think about that, from what I've learned, it's like, well, God knows that's going to happen. He's like, yeah, I know. You kids. You kids. You're always like, you know. But at the same time, he's not going to punish us and send us to our room either. He's going to say, just like one of my favorite scriptures says, come, let's, let's talk this over. Um it doesn't mean that we don't wrestle with or struggle with some of the things uh, that we find written in Scripture. It just means that that we're allowing, you know what, you could be right, <laughs> I'll allow you that, but I'm not there yet. And there's, there's in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with being there, you know, on a, on a, a head level, because... I'm going to develop faith in my heart a heck of a lot quicker than I'm going to develop it in my head, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I, you know, there's, there's, we could use all kinds of political examples, social examples, all oh. kinds of stuff. And, and they're literally everywhere, but I'm, um, I, I hesitate to use the example that comes to mind, but <laughs> But if if someone disagrees with me, and they're not really disagreeing with Wes, they're dealing they're 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 disagreeing with Wes as a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have anything to do with Wes the person. But they they're automatically dismissive of Wes um, as the person because of the point of view he seems to represent. I know Christians who say, "Please don't call me a Christian." That has got so much of a stigma attached to it anymore. I don't even, I, you know, I, I just would rather, because there's a lot of people calling themselves Christians that don't represent anything I think, you know, <laughs> and um, so I think it is literally subject to um, a person's experiences, you know. I mean, if we find ourselves crying out to God like I've done in the past, not knowing who God was, not knowing anything about him other than I did believe that he existed— and saying, why am I going through this? Why can I not, and, and fill in anything that anxiety or depression gets in the way of, that, that stops us from doing the things that we want to do? Um, God, why am I going through this? Why? And I feel like I asked that for years until I started getting some answers. And it wasn't 
because you're not doing this right, Wes, the answer I feel I got was just talk to me. Just talk to me. And we'll go from there. And I, I honestly believe that I would say that to anyone is the first thing God's going to say is whatever situation you're in, just talk to me. Tell me about it. Tell me what's going on. You know, you hear a lot these days in the mental health community about people looking for a safe place. Well, for me, the safe place is going to the creator of the universe and saying, okay, God, here's, here's what I'm dealing with, you know, and I got to believe somebody's answering. You know, I got to believe that someone's listening. And I do. Um, but I didn't get there overnight. Here come the crickets. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> uh, we were going to make it for an episode without one of those moments. I, I had so many things in my head. I, I don't even, I don't really know where to go, to be honest with you. Like, because Mike made so many points and Wes made so many points. I'm thinking, well, yeah, but, and this, yeah, but, yeah. and, and I'm like, oh my God. So I, I think one of the biggest things <clears throat> I guess that I struggle with is, I mean, this whole like, this whole, uh, interpretation issue. And I guess here's why is, okay. um, you know, I mean, you know, like, like I said, I was raised in a, you know, this, the God said it, I believe it, that's it mentality. And I'm not judging that one bit. That's what my parents live by. It served them their whole life. I subscribe to that, I think. Um, but in some ways I, I question it because I'm just a human and that's just kind of what I do. I guess I don't really know, yeah. but, <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm just really, my struggles are okay, cool. All right. This leads into something Wes just said of, you know, when you're talking about when God says, you know, just come talk to me. I think one of the things that I struggle with, not only as somebody who, you know, is a survivor of trauma, somebody who lives with anxiety, somebody who coaches others with anxiety and all this kind of things is when I feel the need or a, a, a push or an inner longing or whatever to go and talk to God and and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, God, this is what I'm feeling. And I lay it all out and I'll, you know, talk to him while I'm driving, talk to him while I'm sitting at home, going for a walk, whatever. Because, you know, as we know, regardless of what you believe, you know, you don't, you don't have to be in a church to pray. You can pray anywhere. So, but when you do that and you say, okay, I need direction. I need guidance. I can't do this alone. I am helpless. I need help from, you know, you. And in the Bible, um, it says, you know, you know, you know, you know that you can come to him for help and, you know, God's an ever present help in time of trouble. And, you know, a thousand other verses we can all probably reference if we want to. When you don't get that right away and you and you realize that, you know, from what you know of, you know, whether you're a believer or what you know of a certain type of religion is that you don't always get the answer you want right away, you know, or at all. Um, and sometimes you wonder if you even get an answer. So where does that tie in? I think that's that's probably one of my single biggest struggles is when I am at a point where I'm like, okay, I need direction. I'm relying on God. I'm asking for help. I need an area. You know, I need guidance in this area. And then it feels like crickets. Mm -hmm. That's where I struggle the most is, okay, well, I'm supposed to come to you. I'm supposed to go read these verses. Okay, I found some verses. I'm looking for guidance. And it says, pray, believe. God will help you. God will take care of you. Supply your needs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. but you don't get it. Sure. And, and, and yeah. And, and it's not that I necessarily, I mean, sure. I would like the answer that I want, of course, but at some, I think most times I would settle for any answer and I don't always see that 
you know, I mean, maybe sometimes silence is an answer. I don't really know, but chime in because this is like a gigantic struggle with me that I, that I really, that is probably a huge stumbling block is praying and asking for guidance. And then where is it? Yeah, I guess. Or, I guess, or am I missing it? So I go think ahead, go ahead. my, my interpretation would be different to that. Maybe that again, that's because of, of my experience or my faith being a, a, a much more distant, varying on sort of neutral one. Um, as a very passive Christian, <laughs> um, I've I've been christened. I occasionally pray. I've, um, as a child, we went to church fairly regularly, but then fairly regularly is probably sort of I don't know, ten times a year type thing. Um, and as an adult, pretty much, I think I've only ever gone for like um, Christmas mass, weddings, christenings funerals that's it um Mm. and i i i do believe that there is something bigger uh than us at play um but i don't necessarily subscribe to any one particular religion usually for the pure reasons of there are so many things that you see happen that you just can't tie into um and i see my my religion or my faith or my belief um, as being something quite independent. I don't see it in that group or community way. So um, church to me, um, I I understand that it's a community for some people, but it isn't for me. Um, And I do see it in a very independent way. And my sort of view isn't necessarily that I would ask questions and hope for answers. Um, I... My idea is that I would maybe, I would potentially ask a question or pose a thought or pray for something, um, but I wouldn't expect an answer. Now, I might there might be, a, a repercussion is not the right word, um, an outcome of that. I, I might pray for something and something might happen, or um, there could be other stuff there, I suppose. Um, but it's the, for me, it's having that, that potential outlet and having that person that is there that you can talk to um admittedly i i I generally don't um but i think for people that have probably a stronger faith than i do um knowing that there's someone there that you can talk to that has got your back maybe maybe they're not going to do something for you maybe they're not going to make it all better but they are they are there and they are there to to listen and support and i think that's a, an amazing part of faith and belief to have to know that there's someone there that's that has got your back that is going to be there all the time that's always there whenever you want to talk okay mm. it might predominantly be a one way conversation but they are always there and they will always listen that's kind of my interpretation of that that conversation. Yeah, I, I can't. It, it's so cool because um, I I can relate to both uh, to both interpretations of what you guys were just talking about, and um, you know, I I'm always reminded, usually in my frustration, because like Matt just said. You know, I'm just human. And the cool thing is, is from a biblical standpoint, we're not expected to be anything more than human. 
Um, but the way I always hear it, and, and I always have to be reminded of it, is, you know, pr- prayers are answered. It's either yes, no, or not yet. And I find myself in a situation of not yet more often than not. But if I get reflective and I say, okay, let's take, let's take an example of um, being uh, my daughter and I not seeing each other for the majority of her, her life from the ages of five to 25. Um, I used to pray, man, I, I just wish me and her mother could have a conversation and get on the same page because I'd really like to be in her life. And it, da, 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 da. and it went on year after year after year. Even after I became a believer, I would still pray those same things. Well, now I look back on it now that she's 30 and we have a pretty decent relationship the last five years. I have to ask myself a tough question. Wes, were you ready for that when you yep. were still exactly. deep in your in your drinking, when you were still deep in your anxiety issues? Wouldn't you have gone back and it would have been the same damn thing all over again where it was the you weren't, you didn't show up for this and you, you know, I was okay. I, I was having a panic attack. Well, to some people in this world, that is, that is an excuse, you know, because they're all about mind over matter. Well, if that worked, we wouldn't mind because nothing mattered. You know, we, we would be, um, you know, I mean, anxiety is crippling and it's just as crippling as heart disease or, uh, you know, high blood pressure or diabetes or anything else. There's certain things that you need to do in order to maintain your health, be it physical or mental. Um, I think that the more mental health issues this world experiences, um, the, the more the church goes, you know what, we probably better look at this a little bit better than we have been. You know, I, I just heard a message before we started. It, the, the pastor was talking today and he was talking about, you know, different generations, generation X, generation Y. And I, it always confuses me, but he was talking about, uh, uh, his, um, my pastor's dad is a Christian, uh, psychologist and he, he's had a, a practice for over 30 years. And, and, uh, he asked his dad, he says, what's the biggest worry that you have with this current generation of kids that's coming up. And he says their social disconnect. And it's because they, you know, these kids were born with a cell phone in their hand, whereas you guys and me were not, you know. Um, and he says they're, they're, they're more socially disconnected than any generation we've had. He says, but statistically, and I don't know where the, this is just what I, what oh, I heard. I love a stat. <laughs> educated guy said was he says this is also the more the most spiritually inclined um uh generation of kids that we've had in in decades in this country so maybe they're more introverted but maybe they're deeper thinkers maybe you know those kinds of things i'm getting way off topic but the 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 um the point i was trying to make now eludes me no um (laughs) um i i just uh, i think religious people get in their own way and they get in everybody else's way too at times but um we we connect however we connect and then we start filling in the blanks from there and 
uh, I still go back to if I was younger and I was still deep in my junk, um, I would have made a disaster out of reconciliation with my daughter, you know, and I can. So, of course, I don't you know, I don't have um, a direct line to God, but I, I kind of picture him sometimes saying this is why you had to wait. Mm. You know, um, I I was working on you. I was working on her. OK, it's not all about you, Wes. She's got a life that I'm watching over as well. Mm. You know, just like Matt and Mike, <laughs> you know, I'm watching yeah. over them, too. And it's not so much about, you know, I've heard it over and over again. It's about it's about who God is, not our performance, mm. you know. Um, and I think potentially as well that uh, you sort of touched on, like, there's different things with different people. And there's also that side of, yeah, maybe there's someone else that isn't in your life right now, but might be in your life in six months or 12 months time. And sure. if you make a judgment on what's happening now, when something else is already in the work um, in the working process of kind of getting to that spot, like if if that is part of your 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 faith, then there has to come that acknowledgement as well. That, like I think one of you said right at the beginning, actually, you're human. You you don't understand quite the the depth to the plan that's at play. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a small small bit player in an awfully big. Um, in an awfully big production, you know, mm. and um, I, I go back to uh, my, uh, the, 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 it's kind of, well, it is, it's a 12 step um, program that I did to get sober. Actually, I got sober and then started doing this because I wanted to stay sober. Um, but it's Bible based. It's 12 steps, but it's, it's Bible based. And they have an entire Bible that's interpreted um, you know, that is with recovery from substance abuse, or I believe from anything in mind. And I went back and I said, I don't know how many times in my life I've tried this. It's like, okay, start at the beginning of the Bible and just start reading, just shut up and read. And so I did, and I was reading about, you know, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and all the way through, you know, everything in Genesis. And then there's notes in the side where you like little study guides. And the first thing it says is, do you see how dysfunctional people have been from the beginning? Stop beating up on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, I mean, it was, it was almost not word for word, but I mean, that was literally what they were saying is like, dysfunction is not something you own. Okay. <laughs> You're just passing through. And, and this is all garbage that, that man has to put up with. It's, it's just that simple. And, um, it's, it's interesting to me, will always be interesting to me. You know, when people talk about scripture, they say, okay, this is God breathed, which means it was written by man, but inspired by God. Mm. Okay. Mm. So, um, as I'm, as I'm reading through that, I notice how many times God had the opportunity to, in his, in his story, Old Testament or new, to use all these fantastic, wonderful, upstanding people, and he never does. He always uses the little person. He always uses the guy no one trusted. He always uses the guy that no one paid any attention to, the guy that was uneducated, the guy that had no social status whatsoever, you know, slaves or shepherds or whomever. And it was always what society would consider the bottom of the barrel that he elevated and said, you're the one that's going to, you're the one that's going to tell people about me. That just always impressed me. Mm. I like the, 
the because I that is not something that I'd ever picked up on, um, and yet even with my very limited knowledge of the Bible, once someone points that out, I'm like, oh yeah, actually a lot of the key people are kind of and that's just average people or not they're not they're definitely not the main the main person and i mean even moses said lord don't pick me for this i had because it's like a historical documentation that he had a speech impediment he stuttered Mm -hmm. he didn't want to be a leader of other people and he's like you got to go pick somebody else and god's like seriously you're going to tell me that i've got this wrong yeah i'm picking the wrong person and I think that we can, it's just like when I look at you guys, I, there are other people that could do and do do some of the things that you guys do online, but not one in a thousand of those people will touch me the way you two have. Okay. So that is, that is an example to me that somebody's guiding me in the right direction because I met you two dudes. And I'm not, I'm not a social media phenom. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just got on one day and every time that somebody said something that really resonated with me, I went, Hey, yo, I like that. That's cool. Mm. And to be honest, we've been at this so long now. I don't even remember how we got started. I was just thinking, I don't really remember the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to go back into the archives. That's what we call them, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll go back into the archives and we'll, uh, we'll have to look at that one of these days. Uh, I'm sure it's on a DM somewhere of who reached out to who and yeah, when, but yeah, <clears throat> if you, you know, if you work for Disney, they can probably dig those up and, and find out, you know, what oh, you said. To they'll you. always go back. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I found it really interesting the other day. Someone was talking about going back and, oh, if, wouldn't you go back through and search and trail through your feed? And, and I was like, oh, I don't know if other people don't know. So if you're, um, like particularly on Twitter, um, if you go into the like the search function, if you type in the at symbol and your username, then a space and then a key phrase, it'll bring up every tweet you've ever posted with that key phrase. Oh wow! I didn't so know that. I was like, just I mean, within reason, there's probably five. Also, key phrases you want to go back and check. <laughs> Just check those. <laughs> like, I'm not saying scroll through all of them because that'll take forever. But come on, if you're about to be in a film or you're going to take part in the Olympics or something, maybe, maybe, just go back and check the times you've wor- used the word black, gay. I don't know. <laughs> Some of those words might be being used out of context. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. It's, <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I'm telling you, we spend so much time in this society trying to play gotcha. You know, I know. I just, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, you know, I could pop off with something in a, in a, a bad mood one day and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, it could be, it could it cost me a job in 10 years, you know? All bosses are jerks. You know, some boss yeah. takes offense to that 15 years from now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a podcast topic in itself, Monday. It is. It is. It totally is. I was going to say, do we want to sort of round off this episode by suggesting a future topic? 
We could. We could. I think that helps keep us accountable because every time we think about getting together, the two issues are the time and the topic. So yeah. if we get the topic narrowed down, then all, all we have to worry about is the time. All we have to worry about is the time. I think complete. it makes it helps. Like I'm like, oh, I can't wait to sit down and talk about. It. I actually know what we're going to talk about. It's quite handy. Yeah, yeah, that does come in handy once in a while, doesn't it? To actually know what we're doing. Um, hmm. I don't know. A lot of times, just in our conversation, we come up with ways to. We do sort to, of spiral off into things. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's. Uh, is there any final thoughts anybody has on the topic from today? Um, I think for me, I'd say I I have experienced and I have heard both positive and negative sides of religion in regards to mental health, and I think um, it it can be it can be really difficult for some people, but equally it gives a lot of support to others. And again, it's about that respecting that people have different types, uh, different interpretation, different values, faiths, religions and upbrings that lead to those decisions but um, it's about kind of respecting that people think differently and like you say it's it's great to feel like you've got that support and someone's got your back but at the same time understand that that's not everyone's interpretation and that's not everyone's faith and they, they don't necessarily have that support. Mm, I agree. Matt? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, oh, and also, um, I just had like a brainstorm for a topic. It's kind of what you guys were saying is, why don't you know how has your view of yourself and mental health in general, or maybe the things you struggle with, changed mm-hmm. over the years since you started Ooh. doing podcasts, going to therapy, yeah. writing about it, that kind of stuff. Like, how has how, how have things evolved in your journey and your view of your particular struggle? So that might be a good one for next time. Wow. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So. But I, just to kind of round this out, I think if I, I don't know that anybody really is wanting my advice, so I'm not going to call it advice, but just I guess the thing that I try and find peace with or make peace with is when I read something, if I can embrace it and I can understand how it applies to me, it's okay if somebody doesn't agree with me. It's okay if I still struggle with it. It's okay that I don't fully get it. But mm. If I do something in the area of God or religion in terms of praying or asking for guidance or going to a church or 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 you know reaching out for people in a religious type of circle, if it feels and I I don't want to say if it feels good, do it. But if if you feel led and comforted by something in the area of the Bible or God and and you feel like it's helping you, and you know don't worry about what somebody else says about it or you know otherwise about well that's not true or how could you say that or well that's judgmental like Mm -hmm. own it for what it is for you and you know basically take the best and leave the rest and understand that you know your personal faith whatever it is however in depth it is it's yours and nobody has the right to to judge it and ultimately you know it's between you and your power Mm -hmm. between you and god so Mm -hmm. good absolutely um I I think I would just end on this. The very first thing that I ever learned when I was still a complete mess um, is I'm not going to catch on fire by walking into a church, um, because if I did, so would every other person in there. Um, And the number one truth that I got 
that gave me a lot of comfort to even look at my med- the first time I really started talking to or looking at my mental health issues instead of just trying to uh, tell the doctor I was fine, please renew my prescription um, was was in church where where the pastor not in church but in counseling with a pastor where he's saying, okay, so what are you doing about the anxiety and panic issues? Um, and I said, I'm taking a pill that's supposed to keep panic attacks away. And I honestly, honestly thought, what more could there be? And his interpretation over his thought was, are you looking back at the things that have hurt you in your life or that were done to you in your life or that you have done in your life that could have triggered this, have caused this? Because you're treating a symptom. You're not treating the, uh, the illness. Um, and the, the phrase that he always used that, um, that has stuck in my mind and will always stick in my mind as far as the center of my faith is a church community should be a hospital, not a museum. You don't walk in and say, oh, wow, look at all the perfect people because who's going to do that? You'll never go back. (laughs) So the church should be a hospital for the hurting and not a museum for the look at me crowd. Mm. Um, and, and that's what I will always seek. And that's what I, and not only that, but I think I found more acceptance in that one phrase than I've ever found in anything in my entire life. And everything else has built on that phrase that, that I've experienced. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful for where I'm at now, but it is a far cry from where I want to be. You know, I mean, I want uh, I was just sharing with Matt before we started that I went to a counselor for the first time in probably 20 years. Um, by the end of the session, she was saying, you know, I'm sad that you have waited 20 years to seek out counseling. And I'm like, well, I thought I was getting better with the anxiety and this kind of thing. And my biggest fear with with my anxiety and panic issues is that my world got smaller and smaller and smaller and the things I could do, the list became shorter and shorter and shorter. And um, she's saying, yeah, we don't want you to live like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm going to be going down that road. And I've got to believe that there's a reason why this is happening at this particular time in my life. I'm struggling a lot with why didn't I do this 15 years ago? Again, like I said before with the other situation, maybe I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot to be said for personal space and saying, uh, I'll do this when I'm led to, as Matt said, or when I'm ready. Um, So I think think the best way to, to end this is we are all on a journey, you know, and uh, for better or worse, uh, this is where we're at now. But next time, when we get into the topic of where we are currently versus, let's say, at the beginning of our social media interaction or our podcasting, um, that's going to be an interesting one. I, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I agree. And uh, these these. These podcasts are always awesome. I mean, we we try and do it every couple of months, but um, I'm glad to do this with you guys. I think the topics we cover are obviously real and and genuine, and 
you know, we tackle them in the, the most honest, real way that we can from our own perspective. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, hopefully it's helping you guys. Hopefully you get some laughs. Hopefully you get, um, you know, maybe some information. And again, take what you want, leave the rest. But yeah. uh, I know, I know, I, you know, speaking for myself and probably for you guys too, this is um, just a great time. And, um, you know, coming on here for an hour every uh, you know, month or so, or, you know, every couple of months and just chatting about this stuff is always, um, an awesome experience. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I think even if hopefully someone's taking something away from it, <laughs> but, <laughs> even if they're not, I think, yeah, it's an awesome experience for us. And I think, yeah, we all enjoy sitting down and having a chat. So yeah, even if we only get the three downloads from us <laughs> i yeah i just I, I love i love the sitting down and chatting and i love that we've done a couple of topics now where we do have slightly different views and experiences and it really makes the conversation um worthwhile in so many different ways which is awesome mm-hmm. and here's the here's the good takeaway from this anybody who happens to be listening not one of the three of us insists on being right mm. we just <laughs> yep that's true yeah, I mean, I'm used to being wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love hanging out with you guys. You too. Right. Well, we will definitely get on notes for the next topic because that's going to be a good one. Boom. Yeah, I feel yep. like I might actually need to think about that. <laughs> I know what. The yeah, heck? right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I suggested. I'm like, how in the hell am I going to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, as much as I said, I'm going to think. Uh, like five minutes before, like maybe a couple of bullet points, that should keep me going. That is the truth right there. I was going to say, Mike, you just, you must have a camera in my house because that's exactly what I'm always doing. Like, oh, mega cast. Oh, wait, what's the topic? Oh, crap. Yeah. Um, hold oh, on. Skype takes five minutes to load. I'll just do it now. Yeah. How many, how many times do you take a big, huge bunch of notes for a meeting and here's the bullet points I'm going to make. And at the end of it, it's like, yeah, I used one out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'm not going to worry about it. Cool. Well, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe to each of our shows. Um, Wes, tell them where they can find you, Mike, and then I'll wrap it up and we'll be done. Okay. I'm at WesA1966 on Twitter. Uh, The website where the podcast is housed is um, audiorising.com. You can find me there. You can email me at audiorising at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm Mike, and you can find everything that I do at mikesopenjournal.com. That includes podcasts, blog, the occasional vlog. Um, and I've just had the Mental Health Blog Awards in the UK, which was absolutely awesome. So have a look on the website for that as well. Yeah, we oh. talk about that. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, Darn, next, right, well, time, next time, next time. Be like the, first, <laughs> got, the first topic is going to be I was going to say, the, fir- the, yeah, the first five to ten minutes is all Mike. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, and I'm Matt. I'm at beyondyourpast.com. So um, I would love to uh, have you subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on just about any platform. Um, I do blogging uh, as well. And of course, I'm also a coach uh, in, the anx- in the world of anxiety and trauma recovery. So if you'd like to learn more, check out beyondyourpast.com. And I'd love to have you on this journey. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. See you soon. Bye. See you. Bye. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. 
she's not a great match for me and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Barb came upstairs and then I heard them say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.